Anything else? Hey, I'm all. Yeah, I got some new insight from you, from your subjective evolution of consciousness book. <clears throat> what was it? Well, you want to take the time to listen to what I wrote? <clears throat> when the eyes of awareness are partially closed, the light is low and people appear to be like slow moving trees or objects walking. That's from, from Mark 8. When, when people brought, <clears throat> Mark 8 says, when people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him, he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And we had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him. Jesus asked, do you see anything? And the man looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. So once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, and then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. So Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go back into the village. <clears throat> See, this reminds me of what, what this book is talking about, that, that in order to see the stone, you, ha you have to have fuzzy consciousness or dim consciousness. But when, when the light is full, we see the stone and we see people as they are in their essence, namely expressions of and expressors of the one great originating dance. See, that's my new name for God, G-O-D the great originating dance. <laughs> no, it seems you weren't very impressed. <laughs> no, 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 I like that. I was just, I was thinking too, yeah, so it's like, the way I see the, the G-O-D is, is the, the world of forms, you know, or the quadrant. And seeing yeah. that is a reflection, you know? Yeah. No, I wasn't that impressed at that. I thought that was good. Okay. But yeah, that's it. All right. So, so that's what was new for me today. All right. Any other ideas? No. Um, oh, I'll, yeah. yeah. I, I, I have another one. I, I, I became aware of a definition or description and definition for meditation. Meditation is listening to the silence. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on it? So that like an inspired mm -hmm. thought or what? Well, no, it's just listening to the silence. Is it for your mind of the thoughts or what? Yep. I was, I was thinking though, yeah, I'm, my, my mind's a little bit on some other things right now because I'm thinking about, like, I used to, I listened to a lot of lectures from people, like, you know, the Neville Goddard lectures and stuff, but I don't remember yeah. which, ones, which ones I listened to and which ones I didn't, and I was thinking, like, I should have freaking just, you know, written down every time I listened to one, like, copied and pasted which one I listened to, you know what I mean, and, and a lot of different things, so then it makes me feel like then I have to listen to them all over again to see which, because I don't remember, you know what I mean, so I should have just been, like, copying yeah. and pasting but it was just laziness, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Whatever.
I mean, at least I didn't listen to that many in, in those things and stuff. So now I, you know, I, I lived and learned. Now I can hopefully do that, you know? Well, but even listening to them again, it would not be a waste because you can, you'll always get new insights. Yeah, but it's, it's not just that, but it, yeah, I guess so. It's that. And then also like, I'll listen to other like podcasts and stuff and I, and I wouldn't, you know, I, I'd have to listen to them all again because I don't remember which ones I already listened to, you know, I should have just been copying and pasting, but whatever. It's not that big of a deal. I didn't listen to that many back then, you know, I was doing more other stuff, so it's okay. You know, but at least, at least I, you know, I, I wrote down like what teaching company courses I listened to. I wrote those down, but I didn't listen to like, you know, I didn't write down the podcast, whatever. There's nothing I can do about it. And plus it's not that big of a deal. I didn't listen to that many. So it's not that, you know, significant, but any other thoughts on it? No. All right, so I was thinking, uh, do you want to listen to this uh, Studies in Pessimism by Arthur Schopenhauer? Um, yeah, that might be interesting. And see, that reminds me, I haven't yet responded to your latest questions you emailed, but the one was about Chicken Little. Yeah. <clears throat> see, that's a lesson in pessimism. I hadn't thought about it. See, she's saying, oh, my God, the sky's falling. Everything is terrible. Everything is falling apart. Disasters are, we're living on the edge of disaster all the time. So that, so that story is, I won't need to respond to that one by email. That's clear. That's what the Chicken Little story is all about. It's a lesson in pessimism. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't? No. All right, ready? Yeah. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings. I can't hear anything. You can't hear anything? I didn't hear anything I, from the beginning. Oh, was it cutting in and out or what? No, it just didn't. It just said this is a LibriVox recording and then it just blanked out. All right. Just, yeah, well, you know, I was thinking like I was, I was writing all these. Uh, or like, like I had all these notes on this one program, like thousands of them, but I should have, you know, I, I could easily have set up more than one account because now I have all, all the eggs in one basket, you know, I could have done other accounts too. Um, that's okay. I already, I already, I put up another account and I might, you know, put up another one and stuff, but it's, oh, well, I was thinking like, you know, like even like when I was like lifting weights for a long time, I was lifting weights, but I wasn't eating enough protein because it's, it's about the misinformation. But the thing about me is I go so hard and I, and, I, and, I, and I study all the time and stuff that I don't do the, the basic essential study that, you know, the, the very essential stuff, because that takes too much time, you know, I just want to get to it, but I should have been, you know, so for a long time, I was, this was before I was lifting weights, but I would eat 140 grams of protein on the days when I was lifting, but I would only eat like 60 on the days and I wasn't lifting, but apparently you're supposed to eat every day, 140 grams, even on the off days, but I didn't know that. 
So a long time I wasn't getting any, any strength. There's, but I was only lifting for like a couple months, but thank goodness. I mean, thank goodness I wasn't doing it for longer, but now I started doing 140 grams and stuff, but you know, just doing that basic essential necessary uh, research beforehand is so important. But the thing is, I'm always so I'm trying to, I'm doing so much at one time. I don't want to waste any time doing the essential research at the beginning. I just want to, you know, because I'm constantly studying. I don't have any time to do any research, any of the little research. But if I would have just, you know, just look into the details, look, look up, okay, how much program protein should I eat every day? I was also thinking about when I would put my, uh, my phone in my pocket and it would be the radiation going to the gonads area. For a long time, I didn't even think about that. But then I did some research. I found it. But any thoughts on that? No. All right. So tell me, tell me if you can't hear it. If you can't hear it, then I'll, I'll move to a different spot. Ready? And also tell me if I should make it slower. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public. One for me. Can you make it louder? It's fading in and out. Pleasure in this world, it has been said, outweighs the pain. 
Or at any rate, there is an even balance between the two. If the reader wishes to see shortly whether this statement is true, let him compare the respective feelings of two animals, one of which is engaged in eating the other. The best consolation in misfortune or affliction of any kind will be the thought of people who are in a still worse plight than yourself. And this is a form of consolation open to everyone. But what an awful fate this means for mankind as a whole. It doesn't? No, not yet. I still am not... I haven't seen his whole argument that he's trying to develop. <clears throat> They're like lambs in other words, what he's themselves under the apparently what he's what he's setting up is the possibility that that the two are inseparable that together uh, they create synergy. Apparently, is what he's no no. He started off that you you missed the beginning. He started off saying that they, pessimism is is bad. I mean, is, is the default. You're saying that, like, you know, you're saying that uh, Spinoza says that really heat yeah, or, or like happiness is, is, is what there is. And then like uh, sadness is just like negative happiness. But you're saying it's the opposite. You're saying like the default is sadness and, and pessimism and, 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 you know, pain and pleasure is the, you know, the exception. It does. Hmm. No. Did I start over from the beginning so you can listen from the beginning? Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I, start I, from I, the beginning. Because you didn't hear the beginning. This is a LibriVox recording. <clears throat> All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org. Studies in Pessimism by Arthur Schopenhauer. Chapter 1. Sufferings of the World. Unless suffering is the direct, immediate object of life, our existence must entirely fail of its aim. It is absurd to look upon the enormous amount of pain that abounds everywhere in the world and originates in needs and necessities inseparable from life itself as serving no purpose at all and the result of mere chance. Each separate misfortune as it comes seems, no doubt, to be something exceptional, but misfortune in general is the rule. I know of no greater absurdity than that propounded by most systems of philosophy in declaring evil to be negative in its character. Evil is just what is positive and makes its own existence felt. Leibniz is particularly concerned to defend this absurdity, and he seeks to strengthen it. And it doesn't? No. See what I'm saying? That's... Yeah, explain it to me so I can understand it more fully. Well, Maybe you know, it's going too fast. Maybe it's going too fast for me. See, you see, I'm I'm slower in comprehending something. So I should put it on slower speed. Okay, great. This position by using a palpable paltry sophism. Translator's note: Confer Theod, section one fifty three. Leibniz argued that evil is a negative quality, i.e., the absence of good given seemingly positive character is an incidental and not an essential part of its nature. Cold, he said, is only the absence of the power of heat, and the active power of expansion in freezing water is an incidental and not an essential part of the nature of cold. The fact is that the power of expansion in freezing water is really an increase of repulsion amongst its molecules, and Schopenhauer is quite right in calling the whole argument a sophism. End translator's note. It is the good 
which is negative. In other words, happiness and satisfaction always imply some desire fulfilled, some state of pain brought to an end. This explains the fact that we generally find pleasure to be not nearly so pleasant as we expected, and pain much more painful. The pleasure in this world, it has been said, outweighs the pain, or at any rate, there is an even balance between the two. If the reader wishes to see shortly whether this statement is true, let him compare the respective feelings of two animals, one of which is engaged in eating the other. The best consolation in misfortune or affliction of any kind will be the thought of other people who are in a still worse plight than yourself. And this is a form of consolation open to everyone. But what an awful fate this means for mankind as a whole. It doesn't? Yeah, well, it reminds me of the appeal of, of watching reports of injuries and deaths on television. See, there's part of that that makes that enjoyable is to see that, uh, thank God I'm not suffering like they are. So there's a certain amount of relief from watching others suffer and seeing yourself not suffering. Mm -hmm. We are like lambs in a field disporting themselves under the eye of the butcher who chooses out first one and then another for his prey. So it is that in our good days, we are all unconscious of the evil fate may have presently in store for us. Sickness, poverty, mutil. Oh, did, did, you, did you respond to the email about Chicken Little and stuff or no? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I just have read them. And I, see, I, what I do is I read them and I spend a little time contemplating them and then I, then I respond. Loss of sight or reason. No little part of the torment of existence lies in this, that time is continually pressing upon us, never letting us take breath, but always coming after us like a taskmaster with a whip. If at any moment time stays his hand, it is only when we are delivered over to the misery of boredom. But misfortune has its... It doesn't? <laughs> no. <laughs> So it's kind of interesting, like time is a taskmaster and stuff. You know, people would see Kronos at time as God and stuff, but then Zeus killed Kronos or he castrated him or whatever. But the thing is, though, like the interesting thing about time is how if you're moving at a faster speed, time slows down. I wonder what the, that metaphor represents. Any thoughts? No, but it, 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 it reminds me of what you were saying about wasting time since you didn't take notes. See, is time your taskmaster there? Yeah, it doesn't. And it also, no. someone was like, oh, yeah, there's also thing as wasting time. You can't waste time because there is no time. Or like, you can't waste time because, like, or it's in it. like, what do you think about that? Any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's accurate. All right. Uses for as our bodily frame would burst asunder if the pressure of the atmosphere was removed. So if the lives of men were relieved of all need, hardship, and adversity, if everything they took in hand were successful. They would be so swollen with arrogance that, though they might not burst, they would present the spectacle of unbridled folly. Nay, they would go mad. And I may say further that a certain amount of care or pain or trouble is necessary for every man at all times. A ship without ballast is unstable and will not go straight. 
Certain it is that work, worry, labor, and trouble form the lot of almost all men their whole life long. But if all wishes were fulfilled as soon as they arose, how would men occupy their lives? What would they do with their time? If the world were a paradise of luxury and ease, a land flowing with milk and honey, where every jack obtained his jill at once and without any difficulty, men would either die of boredom or hang themselves, or there would be wars, massacres, and murders, so that, in the end, mankind would inflict more suffering on itself than it has now to accept at the hands of nature. It does it. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is what I thought he was saying, that, that the two go hand in hand. You can't have any pleasure without uh, the ballast in the boat. What's the ballast in the boat? Well, it's a metaphor that it's, it's a burden to carry. So, so like, the, the pleasure is even better if you have, like, pain before it, like, like I was, I was a uh, some lady did my astrology thing, and she was saying that you know, yeah, you're gonna go through whatever like a a a, a K two period, and in that period, there's you know, it's it's maybe difficult, but you know, again, this is just astrology, and it's a social construction in a lot of ways and stuff, and 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 again, it's not necessarily a difficult period, but it could just be a change in pattern of what you were doing before. So hopefully, the pattern changes before I was in a negative pattern of self confirmatory, but. But then she was saying like, but then there, you'll have a Venus period, which is a good period. So, but in, in that's in the negative accentuate the, the accentuates the positive without the negative first and the positive wouldn't be so great. Like any thoughts of that? Yeah. It's like a crack, in, like the Japanese understanding of a crack in the, in a construction pottery. Yeah. So any thoughts? No. In early youth, as we contemplate our coming life, we are like children in the theater before the curtain is raised, sitting there in high spirits and eagerly waiting for the play to begin. It is a blessing that we do not know what is really going to happen. Could we foresee it? There are times when children might seem like innocent prisoners, condemned not to death, but to life. And as yet, all unconscious of what their sentence means. Nevertheless, every man desires to reach old age. In other words, a state of life. It doesn't. No, not yet. It's kind of interesting, you know. I remember telling my telling Noah, like, if if I knew all that I had to do in my life, I wouldn't have done it, you know. But because I didn't know it, I did it, and it was great. Like, any thoughts on that? No, no. The only thought I had was um viewed my latest post on larger than life i saw his name on the list of of people who viewed it oh okay cool yeah it doesn't no well what did your post say oh oh i have a couple of different posts recently yeah what were they <laughs> well that would take me a long time to explain but it's it's the insights that came from this book But, uh, oh yeah, so, but I was thinking though, like, yeah, and also this idea of like, you put yourself in a hypnosis. Like if, if we are God, like coming down in, into this world to, to experience himself or whatever, there has to be a kind of uh, a hypnosis, a kind of uh, like anesthesia type of thing where like, where, where, where you, where you 
get rid of where you don't know things. You don't know that you're God, but at the same time you do, like there's an intuition that you do, but then you don't know because you have to kind of, you know, in, in order to, to, for the play to work, you have to get rid of your omniscience or you have to get rid of what you know. And you have to be in kind of a state of ignorance about like, and that that's a part of it. Like any thoughts of that? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> of which it may be said, it is bad today and it will be worse tomorrow and so on till the worst of all. If you try to imagine as nearly as you can what an amount of misery, pain, and suffering of every kind the sun shines upon in its course, you will admit that it would be much better if, on the earth as little as on the moon, the sun were able to call forth the phenomena of life, and if, here as there, the surface were still in a crystalline state. Again, you may look upon life as an unprofitable episode disturbing the blessed calm of non-existence, and, in any case, even though things have gone with you tolerably well, the longer you live, the more clearly you will feel that, on the whole, life is a disappointment, nay, a cheat. If two men who were friends in their youth meet again when they are old, after being separated for a lifetime, the chief feeling they will have at the sight of each other will be one of complete disappointment at life as a whole, because their thoughts will be carried back to that earlier time when life seemed so fair as it lay spread out before them in the rosy light of dawn, promised so much, and then performed so little. This feeling will so completely predominate. Uh -huh. It's a I very pessimistic outlook. Yeah, I would say that's true for a lot of people, but like, I, to be honest, like in my case, where I'm at right now, I would look at it and be like, whoa, I discovered the theory of everything. That's, you know, I'm, that's pretty awesome. You know, any thoughts of that? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I can imagine for a lot of people it would be that that would be the case. So yeah, for sure. Any thoughts? No. So I guess it depends on the individual. Over every other, that they will not even consider it necessary to give it words. But on either side, it will be silently assumed and form the groundwork of all they have to talk about. He who lives to see two or three generations is like a man who sits some time in the conjurer's booth at a fair and witnesses the performance twice or thrice in succession. The tricks were meant to be seen only once, and when they are no longer a novelty and cease to deceive, their effect is gone. While no man is much to be envied for his lot, there are countless numbers whose fate is to be deplored. Life is a task to be done. It is a fine thing to say, defunctus est. It means that the man has done his task. If children were brought into the world by an act of pure reason alone, would the human race continue to exist? Would not a man rather have so much sympathy with the coming generation as to spare it the burden of existence? Or at any rate, not take it upon himself to impose that burden upon it in cold blood? It doesn't? No. You know, he talks about, like, the will and stuff, and it makes me think of, like, yeah, so he's saying, why would we subject the future generations to the suffering of life, you know? If, if you were really rational, you would not continue with that. But then I would say that probably his reason why we do that is he would say that there's irrational, with the irrational will that's, you know, forcing you or propelling you to continue, you know, to propagate the species. 
And that's just through like ingrained sexual desires and tendencies and proclivities that you don't have any temptations that you don't have any control over. And also, you know, the genetic Darwinian uh, motivation to perpetuate the self and even, even like an ingrained ego centric motivation to continue with the self and be superior through children. Like any thoughts of that? No. I shall be told, I suppose. That my you think that's true or any thoughts of that? Well, I, I don't have a whole lot of thought because the, the thought that I was thinking is I just don't remember having much suffering in my life. Yeah, well, I, I was saying like in a transpersonal perspective, you would look at this and you would say, yeah, well, the, he's looking at through a pessimistic lens and, you know, yeah, you, you, you could look at it through. I mean, I remember Amos or, or I think he might, might have said that, like, I, I don't want to bring anybody into this world because it's like crap or whatever. And, and that's like, you know, that's like Donald Trump right wing, like, oh, we're moving into a world full of uh, race mixing or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, that's why I see a lot of people looking at it like, but. Th that, that yeah, that's the chicken little, that's yeah. the chicken little way of looking at it. But, it. but it's like, you could look at it the other way. It's like in the transpersonal perspective, it's okay, let's, let's, you know, continue with it and create synergy and see what new creativity can emerge in this in this play in this like artwork masterpiece and and like and and if anything we can you know create some more synergy and, and some more beauty and have fun with it any thoughts on that yeah well my thought is it's not that we can create more it's that we can become agents of the ongoing creation of more see we don't create more and what's the difference why, why do you make the distinction well, we're not the subject of synergy. But, you know, a lot of people look at this and they'll be like, yeah, but that, that's easy for you to say. You grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth and stuff, and, and you're, you're lucky. Your parents take care of you. A lot of us, you know, are, are working nine to five jobs, suffering. Our wives are cheating on us. We're, you know, going to war. A lot of people are in the army and stuff, and they're like, yeah, life is suffering. It's easy for you to say that. But any thoughts of that? Yeah, well, like this passage I just read from Mark, uh, we we see life in people as trees walking, as objects, as as problems. Don't you? He said, "Don't you have eyes to see?" Yeah. So maybe maybe they they can upgrade their mindset. We we want right. to open, them, but open their eyes. But, but we also their eyes to, of awareness. We also have to acknowledge too that there is a lot of people who are born into suffering conditions where they don't have the you know the environment that fosters the, the deeper, higher consciousness that allows for prosperity and flourishing it. And and in they are subjected to suffering within the span of their life. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They the the water in which they floated their boat was pretty low. Any other? No. Philosophy is comfortless because I speak the truth, and people prefer to be assured that everything the Lord has made is good. Go to the priest then and leave philosophers in peace. At any rate, do not ask us to accommodate our doctrines to the lessons you have been taught. That is what those rascals of sham philosophers will do for you. 
Ask them for any doctrine you please and you'll get it. Your university professors are bound to preach optimism, and it is an easy and agreeable task to upset their theories. I've reminded the reader that every state of welfare... It doesn't? No. Well, I mean, and I see that like with rappers like Necro and, and who, who just raps about sex and death, and, and you see it like with Quentin Tarantino, his movies are just about killing and stuff. And it is, it is an easy task to look at the world and say, hey, look at all this suffering. I mean, yeah, there's... It's an exception to the rule to have the flourishing and prosperity and stuff. Like, look at most of the world. They're living in third world countries where they're, you know, eating food that's contaminating them with hepatitis A. And they're, you know, SCDs everywhere and, and people getting killed and wars. And, and that's, you know, that's what the rule for the most part. Like, that's, that's a dominating like, in nature. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, well... Again, if your eyes are are very tightly closed, your eyes of awareness are very tightly closed. That's the way you would see the world. Yeah, and it, I was going to say something after that, but I forget what I was going to say. And it doesn't. No. But yeah, so that that's that's a pessimism lens. That's that's what a lot of people would say. Like, oh yeah, be real, be realistic. That's a pessimism is a real realistic way of looking at the thing at the world but then at the same time you know there's also people who say though like steven pinker who's saying like yeah but it's actually we're getting even even if things are crappy now things are getting way better than they were before just just imagine if you were born in the time of the agricultural revolution where people were getting killed you know at a at exponentially higher rates than now like things are actually improving like any thoughts there Oh, yeah, there's a very interesting TED talk about that. He has graphs that, that uh, graphically demonstrate that, that the world is becoming progressively less violent. Yeah. And, 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 but then you could say... I, put, I, posted, yeah. I posted that as one of my posts on the Larger Than Life yeah, and, Facebook. And like, Louis C.K. Has a, has a skit where he says, like, yeah, people are so like pessimistic and they're so complaining and whining and stuff. And they'll be like, oh man, like my my flight, it's late. The the flight attendant, he didn't get me my drink with enough ice and stuff. But he's like, but then he's like, but think about this. You're in a plane and you're like magically flying across the world. But you're complaining because you don't have uh your your Wi-Fi <laughs> isn't working. Yeah, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. You say you're complaining because your Wi-Fi is, isn't working. You know, just 20 years ago, in, in order to send a, an email, you had to, you know, write a letter and put it in a in a in a box. But now, you know, you're you're upset because your Wi-Fi just turned off for for two minutes. You know, is it is it just about perspective? The or sky what? is falling. Any other thoughts? Yeah, the sky is falling. The sky is. But but no. but then at the same time, we, we we want to take we want to take seriously the 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 criticisms of some of these people, like Marcuse, who was kind of a Marxist. He was saying like, yeah, but but you know, he was saying that we, we say that we're not in a totalitarian regime in America and stuff. But he was saying it is kind of a totalitarian regime because the, but the but we're enslaved to like the consumerism and this idea that you have to buy these certain things and. And these these 
ideas of, you know, perfect bodies, ideal bodies and stuff. So yeah, we have to take into consideration these, these things and, and we can continue to upgrade and improve our consciousness. Even, even if things are really great in a lot of ways, there still is totalitarian aspects and stuff. And, and we can like develop any thoughts there. Yeah, that's all, that's all part of the symphony. I was thinking like, even in like the brave new world thing, yeah, there was like less, there was less killing and stuff, but also at what cost? Because the reason why was because they, they were, everyone was like sedated. Even you could say that probably in the world today, there's a ton of people on drugs and that's what keeps them happy on psychiatric medications. Like any thoughts of that? Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe yeah. they're killing less, maybe they're killing us, but also maybe they're more zombies in a lot of cases. So what can we do to, you know, mitigate that? yeah um and also i was thinking like even in like the the brave new world uh movie they had a uh, pornocorp and you know yeah maybe there's a lot less like sexual violence and killing and stuff but also maybe that's because people are watching pornos and that's uh you know sublimating their tendencies or um Did you say porno courts? Like food, like food courts? No, porno corp, porno corporation. Oh, corpse! I, th I thought maybe, maybe now in addition to food courts, there are now porno courts. <laughs> no porno corp. That was in the, the 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 book Brave New World. They had like a or, or no, maybe it's oh, yeah. 1984. I forget, but they had porno corp. And, and, and that's, you know, like every morning they would watch pornos and stuff. They, they would have it in their screens and that, you know, see, and, and that's what was keeping everybody like, it's keeping everybody docile and stuff. It's like the TVs today, you know, sports center and stuff. So now people aren't fighting and stuff, but at the same time, is it any better because they're just vegetating watching uh, pornos or, or, you know, any thoughts? Yeah. Or the food channel. Or watching, or, or watching religious porno. Yeah. So I mean, is are, is is it really improving, or is are just people more becoming robots? And maybe that is a thing. Maybe we're moving into Robo Sapien time. You know, we're we're, you know, are are we moving to self transcendence, or or is it moving more into self dehumanization, like uh, objectification? Like any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a good, that's a valid question to, to ponder. All right. Every feeling of satisfaction is negative in its character. That is to say, it consists in freedom from pain, which is the positive element of existence. It follows, therefore, that the happiness of any given life is to be measured not by its joys and pleasures, but by the extent to which it has been free from suffering, from positive evil. If this is the true standpoint, the lower animals appear to enjoy a happier destiny than man. Let us examine the matter a little more closely. However varied the forms that human happiness and misery may take, leading a man to seek the one and shun the other, the material basis of it all is bodily pleasure or bodily pain. This basis is very restricted. It is simply health, food, protection from wet and cold, the satisfaction of the sexual instinct, or else the app. It does, I no. I was thinking though, like the, the idea of objectification versus transcendence. Yeah, it can go both ways, like becoming a robot. 
like I was thinking about Lil Wayne, like Lil Wayne music, lick, lick, lick me like a lollipop, lick, lick me. And, you know, my friend, you know, I'm not going to say who, but remember he would get blowjobs in the back of my car while while he, we would listen to Lil Wayne's lollipop, lick, lick me like a lollipop. And in order to get a girl to lick you like a lollipop, that's objectification. You're objectifying the girl. You're It's interpersonal, dualistic, impersonal consciousness where you think that you're a separate object than her. And that music helps to, you know, um, Sanction. It helps, helps, helps to encourage or, or it nurtures that mentality, right? But any thoughts on that? Yeah. But it, but it's also beneficial no. because at least you're breaking out of conformity of being a good guy, right? It, there, there's that aspect, right? Yeah. So at least you're breaking out of conformity of, oh, okay, I, I want to go to heaven and stuff. And that's that's a beneficial thing. But then at the same time, um. Yeah, it, it, there's a dehumanization project, and even the music itself is robotic, like like making you into robots. But at the same, but but also we know that robots, there's a self transcendent aspect of it because there's in there's enhancing, there's enhancements involved with it. Um, and uh, and like you know augmentations that that are, you know strengthening yeah it's liberating yeah if you, if you have like computers and stuff or robots and you can spend more time in in creative pursuits rather than just you know farming or whatever like any thoughts on that yep so so, so the question yeah. is you know it can go both ways it can be objectifying or, or in the, is, is there always is there always that kind of duality like the yin and yang aspect the paradoxical aspect with everything is is, is that always the case any thoughts well, that's possible, but another way of looking at it is that there's always a, a higher aspiration underlying everything. Yeah, yeah, doesn't it? No. Of these things. Consequently, as far as real physical pleasure is concerned, the man is not much better off than the brute except insofar as the higher possibilities of his nervous system make him more sensitive to every kind of pleasure, but also, it must be remembered, to every kind of pain. But then, compared with the brute, how much stronger are the passions aroused in him? What an immeasurable difference there is in the depth and vehemence of his emotions. And yet, in the one case, as in the other, all to produce the same result in the end, namely, health, food, clothing, and so on. The chief source of all this passion is that thought for what is absent and future, which man exercises such a powerful influence upon all he does. It is this that is the real origin of his cares, his hopes, his fears. Emotions which affect him much more deeply than could ever be the case with those present joys and sufferings to which the brute is confined. So like, yeah, like any of that, doesn't it? No. I mean, I'm thinking even like of, you know, this is like the the debate about becoming a hunter-gatherer to like a, to agriculturalist, to an industrialist. Like, is there an enrichment or is there more of a debasement in any, even like moving from a human to a robo-sapien or moving into the technological age where we come, we come merged with robots or whatever. Is that an amplification or is it a degradation? You know? Well, you see, I see it as a liberation. 
so that we have more time to spend in, in, um, in quote, higher pursuits. But the problem is there's, there's this perpetuating illusion that the purpose for free time is for self-indulgence rather than for self-transcendence. Any other questions? No. It's hours of reflection, memory, and foresight. Man possesses, as it were, a machine for condensing and storing up his pleasures and his sorrows. But the brute has nothing of the kind. Whenever I mean, yeah, it's so easy to adopt this jaded mentality. Like, okay, um, yeah, everything is like, uh, you know, this world is, you know, people would say like, oh, this world is crappy or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's kind of easy to adopt that. And if you adopt it, then the world will kind of uh, conform to that perspective for you, right? Yeah, for, for you, it'll, for it'll the one kind of, who adopts it. It'll kind of satisfy your desire to see it that way. It's a kind of a self-confirmatory desire in a way. But at the same time, exactly. being an optimist can be self-confirmatory too. Like, oh, everything is so great. Uh, yeah, but but then people don't realize that there is a there's a non-dual transcendent just go go all out, like any thoughts. Or even be open to inspire yeah. you know, truth. Yeah. I guess you just choose. What what do you choose and to do? And, and but 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 also, again, if if the world is like a play, then there needs to be different characters. And it's good to have the jaded character and the one who's like, yeah, screw it all. Let's just, you know, the, the jaded guy. It, it, that's beneficial and that that keeps things interesting it keeps things you know what, what's the word like sp spicy like it, it adds spice to it it adds uh like flavor to reality like any thoughts on it well see i don't know whether there needs to be that it it seems clear to me that there is that but that is just another way of seeing something that's an essential part of, of reality. <laughs> like it makes things interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, like, like I was saying, like it's good to have like diversity in some people who are more pessimistic and some people more optimistic. And, yeah, both of them might be self-confirmatory, but then there's also the non-dual state beyond both, right? right? Who's better off, the pessimist, the the extreme pessimist, or the extreme optimist? Any thoughts? No. Because I was thinking both of them are probably about equal. Because what did Jesus say, "Be hot or cold, not lukewarm." Like both of them are going to find the limitations of that perspective, right? Yeah. And then go go to the non-dual transpersonal. Any thoughts? Mm -hmm. It is in pain. It is as though it were suffering for the first time, even though the same thing should have previously happened to it times out of number. It has no power of summing up its feelings, hence its careless and placid temper. How much it is to be envied. But in man, reflection comes in with all the emotions to which it gives rise and taking up the same elements of pleasure and pain, which are common to him and the brute, develops his susceptibility to happiness and misery to such a degree that at one moment the man is brought in an instant to a state of delight that may even prove fatal 
and another to the depths of despair and suicide. If we carry our analysis a step farther, we shall find that, in order to increase his pleasures, man has intentionally added to the number and pressure of his needs, which in their original state were not much more difficult to satisfy than those of the brute. Hence, luxury in all its forms, delicate food, the use of tobacco and opium, spiritous liquors, fine clothes, and the thousand and one things that he considers necessary to his existence. And above and beyond all this, there is a separate and peculiar source of pleasure and consequently of pain, which man has established for himself, also as the result of using his powers of reflection. And this occupies him out of all proportion to its value, nay, almost more than all his other interests put together. I mean ambition, and the feeling of honor and shame. In plain words, what he thinks about the opinion other people have of him. Taking a thousand forms, often very strange ones, this becomes the goal of almost all the efforts he makes that are not rooted in physical pleasure or pain. It is true that besides the sources of pleasure which he has in common with the brute, man has the pleasures of the mind as well. These admit of many gradations, from the most innocent trifling or the merest talk up to the highest intellectual achievements. It does. No. I guess the only thought I have is that's probably about enough for today. All right. Let's, let's just do like maybe like uh, two more minutes listening. Can we do Okay, yeah, this is very interesting. But there's the accompanying boredom to be set against them on the side of suffering. Boredom is a form of suffering unknown to brutes, at any rate, in their natural state. It is only the very cleverest of them who show faint traces of it when they are domesticated. Whereas in the case of man, it has become a downright scourge. The crowd of miserable wretches whose one aim in life is to fill their purses, but never to put anything into their heads, offers a singular instance of this torment of boredom. Is he making an interesting point, us? Yeah, I was just thinking, I, I get the impression that Pierre gets bored. He, he, he wants to go out for a walk. Not necessarily take a pee or whatever, but he just seems like he gets bored in the middle of the afternoon when he has nothing to do but lie around. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he's making this interesting point, like that the that the like the you know the the old people, the the, the hunter gatherers and stuff. I guess the hunter gatherers probably got bored too. Apparently, they had more free time. But he was saying like the brutes and the savages, you know, back in the day, at least they were in constant stimulation. And, and fear and, and, and aliveness because they're like constantly trying to survive and fighting for survival and they, they didn't really have time for boredom but I, I don't really know if that's true but but you, but you know the difference is like now people have more free time and they can get bored but so it's a, it's a question of like what do you do with that time or what and it doesn't yeah well it's 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 again uh, an illustration or it it, it uh, illustrates what why we become like chicken little see just worrying about and talking about and and getting all upset about the sky falling about the problems is a way of overcoming boredom yeah that increases aliveness yeah so so, so it increase it's self-confirmatory but it's also a desire to transcend the self through like high level of aliveness right to, to lose the self yep. well Um. All right. 
See, it's like going to this, going to the symphony, and getting bored with the music, and 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 therefore you can g get all upset that you, you you'd like to get onto your 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 cell phone, but the cell phone signal doesn't come through, and you get all upset about the cell phone not working when in fact the symphony is still going on. Your wealth becomes a punishment by delivering them up to misery of having nothing to do. For to escape it, they will rush about in all directions, traveling here, there, and everywhere. No sooner do they arrive in a place than they are anxious to know what amusements it affords, just as though they were beggars asking where they could receive a dole. Of a truth, need and boredom are the two poles of human life. Finally, I may mention that as regards the sexual relation, a man is committed to a peculiar arrangement which drives him obstinately to choose one person. This feeling grows now and then into a more or less passionate love, which is the source of little pleasure and much suffering. It is, however, a wonderful thing that the mere addition of thought should serve to raise such a vast and lofty structure of human happiness and misery, resting, too, on the same narrow basis of joy and sorrow as man holds in common with the brute, and exposing him to such violent emotions, to so many storms of passion, so much convulsion of feeling, that what he has suffered stands written, and may be read in the lines on his face. And yet, when all is told, he has been struggling ultimately for the same things as the brute has attained, and with an incomparably smaller expenditure of passion and pain. But all this contributes to increase... And that's it? That's <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. So this this is what he's ultimately going to argue, Grandpa, is, is you know, it's kind of like a Buddhist thing. You know, Buddha says, like, life is suffering, the Four Noble Truths. The first one is life is suffering. But again, people say that that's a mis misinterpretation. It actually might mean life is unsatisfactory. And it, and I forget the, the word for life, but it actually might not even be the word life. It's something else. But yeah, that might be a complete mis misinterpretation. But anyways, but he's adopting that view, life is suffering and stuff. But he's, so he's saying, like, what we should do then is we should just create a world where there's, a, like, the least amount of suffering. So let's just, like, you know, be vegetarians and not kill animals. And, and it's basically kind of like a, uh, kind of like a settled mentality. Like let's just not strive and just kind of we're, we're stuck in this. So let's, and, and there's this will pushing us forward, like these genetic Darwinian it, it Oedipal tendencies and stuff. Let's just, you know, sit back, but any thoughts of that? And yeah, and just let our impulses run our life rather no, than we trying to run it. But you're saying like don't don't let the impulses. But you're saying like you know like it's, it's kind of like a stifled mentality. Like, um, what's the word? Um, like a kind of like repressed. But yeah. they, but basically like, yeah, don't don't. But be be a vegetarian. You know he's gonna so he's gonna like adopt that Buddhist idea. Um like you know basically like subdue subdue the senses but but he is going to argue that like polygamy should be okay because i think that you know i think that probably what he would argue is that like women want men who are like dominant like let's just acknowledge the tendencies women want men who are like so so women are more attracted to a man who has more than one woman so let's just allow polygamy and the man desires just like you know more than one woman just just based off his like you know instinctual will or whatever so let's just you know, a, create a society that will create create the least amount of suffering. So, you know, uh, kind of uh, acknowledge those tendencies and conform to those tendencies and just, but 
I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of better words, but I'm, I'm not thinking of them right now, but, but just like, um, yeah, so, so you would allow polygamy, but just have like a kind of, it's kind of like a stifled society where but it'll create the least amount of suffering. Like we're stuck in it. So what do you think about that? Yeah, well, again, that's going backwards rather than transcending. Yeah, the way I see it, but it's kind of like a, instead of like looking at, at it through like Terra de Dan's way of looking at it, like you talked about the evolution, it's more of a devolution looking at it, that things are getting worse and, yeah. and, and, and reality is like a devolution. But, you know, I think that he looks at that as, I think some people look at that as like more Buddhist, that if they look at Buddhism as life denying, and they think that, you know, this world is suffering. Okay. Well then, uh, then let's try to, you know, do the, do the least what we can to, to not suffer as much, but then, to, but there's an irony, like the paradox, if you're trying not to suffer, then you're, you might even create more suffering. Like hell, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. And then also I was thinking, hey, I gotta... wait, 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 but I was, I was thinking though, but it, it, it is self-confirmatory, the, the idea of polygamy and stuff. And, and that can be self-confirmatory, the idea of just settling and relaxing and all of that, it, rather than self-transcending. But, you know, it, again, even in, but you would look at it like Terra de it would be the anti-entropic synergy or creating the kingdom of heaven and stuff. But also, but, but if you look at the Hindu and the Buddhist thing, it's, it's, it's cycles, the Kali Yuga, it goes back to the golden age, but there's cycles and there is a devolution. It goes from golden to bronze, the Kali Yuga to the Dwarpa Yuga to the, so, but maybe that's more accurate and maybe he is right. And, in, in, in yeah. like, any thoughts there? Yeah, could be. Well, I mean, it, it, he's going to create a rigid society, but who's, who's to say, maybe if you can scientifically produce a society that just creates the least amount of suffering, it, it, in, unless you're looking at it through your prism, which is more of okay, well, let's create the anti-entropic, you know, kingdom of heaven, which is just flourishing. But maybe that's just idealistic. Maybe he's right, and we could just create a society that is more fulfills people's, you know, that that takes into account people's tendencies, and you know, establishes an order based around that, but also that manifests the least amount of suffering. But at the same time, that could be repressive and it could be stunted and, and trying too hard rather than just, okay, and, and it could be self-confirmatory rather than just, okay, let's just go all out and and uh, and, and self-transcendence not thinking about the self. Like maybe he's thinking too much about the self. And pessimism is is kind of a, a retreat into the self and sucking your, your consciousness into a narrow perspective, like a narrow prism through the self. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, Gabba. Yeah. Later.